Hello, welcome to Crucial Conversations done by the Nashville chapter of the National Association of Black Journalists. I'm Sandra Long Weaver. I am a founder of the National Organization of Black Journalists. And today our Crucial Conversation is with two people from the Tennessee State Museum. We have with us Daria Smith and Miranda Fraley Rhodes. Hello. Hi. And welcome. We want to talk today about the exhibit that's called Ratified with the exclamation point, Tennessee Women and the Right to Vote. And the exhibit uh, has been open now for about a, a month or so. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about what went into the exhibit. And I know a good part of the exhibit also focuses on Black women suffragists. So, but I wanted to start with you, Miranda, and have you talk a little bit about the research that went into uh, pulling the narrative together for the exhibit. And then Daria designed the exhibit. So I wanna talk to you about how all of that comes together as well. But Miranda, tell me how long, when did you start researching what you needed to uh, pull together for the exhibit and how did it all come together? Sure. Well, several years of research really went into this exhibit and we were so fortunate to have a wonderful board of scholars um, from throughout the state to work with us on this exhibit and their advice was so helpful. Um, the exhibits are very much group projects and we so appreciated everyone within the museum who contributed and all of our partners from universities and other historical agencies. So they really put a lot of time into trying to learn about different aspects of the suffrage movement and we wanted to tell a story that really represented the diversity of the suffrage movement that was a statewide story and that also really looked at women's political activity and put it in context both before women received the right to vote and after really up until the modern civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s. So what did women do with the vote um, after the 19th Amendment was ratified and what challenges did they continue to face? So it was so a wonderful started, So you started probably around the 1840s and brought it up to through the 19th through 1920 and then to the 1960s. So you really covered almost a century and a half of uh, yes. what women have been doing. Okay, well, that's pretty cool. And we know, I start out, so Tennessee was the last state to ratify the 19th Amendment and that took place on August 18, uh, 1920. Is that correct? And there were it, 36 states had to ratify? Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. And so let me switch to, uh, well, tell us a little bit more. And you said several years went into the research. So how did you find, and you had a board of scholars as well as people from the museum. Uh, so how, how did all of that group come together? Because it is a statewide effort um, that, that went into it. And the story you tell, how many women uh, did you actually talk about? in this exhibit? 
Oh, a very many. And one thing that we really appreciated getting to do was both to study the secondary literature on the movement. So things historians have written about and then also really dig into the primary source materials, things like newspapers. And um, that was so exciting to get to see the words of suffragists themselves and the debates about votes for women in the state. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I bet it was. And let me ask you, uh, Daria, so how did you begin to take this information? How did you begin to visualize what the exhibit should look like? So like Miranda was saying, but making an exhibit is a very group project effort. Uh, so we partnered with a design firm, uh, Solid Light out of Kentucky, uh, just to kind of, this was a huge show. It's two, um, two gallery rooms, I think 8,000 square feet, and it's going to be up for a year. Um, I'm the only graphic designer on our team, so it was like, really? really burdened. <laughs> it was kind of scary. So we brought another design team on to the, um, to the team, our museum team, and we kind of worked together with Miranda, with education, with communication, just trying to brainstorm how everybody takes in the information of suffrage and how we can reinterpret that into the space. Um, so it was, it was, a lot of brainstorming, a lot of getting through the weeds of like how people, how we really want people to interpret and to understand and come out feeling when they get into the exhibit. We did that for a couple months before we really got the the plan that we wanted to execute. Okay, so in addition to the couple years of research, there was also several months of actually thinking about what this should look like. And you said you wanted to have an, um, how did you want people to feel when they leave the exhibit? Yeah. And what was, what was that conclusion? How do you want people to feel? We really want them to be inspired um, by all of the action that these women took to get the right to vote. We think that voting is is a, a right and a privilege from uh, to be able to take and have a voice in our own government and for that to be only subjected to men uh showing that story of how women and and we fought for that vote kind of resonates with a whole bunch of the struggles that we are still uh having today with minorities and um immigrants gaining the right to vote so i think it reflects a lot of what's happening today and we hope that it inspires them to go out and use that vote for good uh, November 3rd is coming up very quickly now. So, um, and this this question is, is sort of is for both of you. How um, how did you put all of it together? How when you finally came together, what did you? What was the first piece that was most important to start with to tell the story? I really think, and Miranda, you can jump in if you want uh really think getting to the ratification that was the big moment you know that was the the this is all or nothing kind of moment so making sure that people were still interested gaining a lot of background information to lead up to that point um was 
kind of what we were envisioning for the design. We really wanted that to be the main space where people can take in like this was happening in the courthouse just down down the Bicentennial Parkway. <laughs> this was happening and everything was going on and we finally got to do it. And I think that was the, the big moment that we were trying to get everyone to uh, culminate to. Miranda? I would very much agree. So exhibit work is really collaborative. Mm -hmm. And to me, the part of the process that is so productive and when you feel, really feel like, oh, we're making great progress is when everyone really starts working together to figure out how physically the exhibit is gonna work in the space. And it's always so exciting to start to see designs of how the space is gonna look and uh, that's just a really positive point in the process. Okay. And tell me now, in your research, um, we, you know, the stories about, I think, the white women that were suffragists and the work that they did is a little more available historically. How difficult was it to find the stories of the black women who were involved as suffragists? Um, it was very important to us to include the stories of African-American women really throughout the whole exhibit because that is such an important part of the story. You really cannot understand the suffrage movement without understanding African-American women's roles within the movement and the challenges that they faced. Um, so one of the things we did was really highlight some of the African-American women suffrages and also look at the role African-American women's organizations played in the movement and really advocating for the vote. So that is highlighted. Okay. So as so what were some of the uh, African-American women's organizations? Uh, they may not exist today. That's why I'm asking that question. Sure. Um, the Women's Christian Temperance Union, that was an organization that was very much affected by the racial segregation of its time, but it did include both an African-American Tennessee organization and a white women's Tennessee organization. And for example, we look at Virginia Broughton, who was a distinguished graduate at Fisk University. Um, she was a leader in that group. Um, we also explored the stories of nationally prominent African-American suffragists with connections to Tennessee, like Ida B. Wells Barnett and Mary Church Terrell. Right. Okay. All right. And so, Daria, let me ask you this. With these women, Black women in mind, whose stories are not as prominent mm -hmm. uh, in history, how did you decide that you would display them in this exhibit? What so, was your thinking? I would like to first give props to Miranda because she did a, a, a very beautiful way of blending both stories together so that you don't feel like the African-American story is stuck in a corner. I always use that, it's stuck in a corner because 
go as a museum goer myself that's kind of all that i've always seen is like here's the african-american story okay let's move on and carry on and she did a wonderful job of including the african-american story throughout every step of the way so that we can continue to see the side by side by side action that's going on uh the struggle that african-americans are having white women are having and both of them are having at the same time to fight for the vote so that was very helpful in the design process because we were able to take different stories from both white women and African-American women and display them in a big way. Um, one of the major ways we did that was to make sure that there was a presence of women themselves um, because a lot of the artifacts, um, they're really cool. They're costumes we have um, to give a presence of a woman standing there, but there's a lot of portraits as well. And so what we did with those portraits was we blew up the portraits from floor to ceiling of the walls. We made them really, really big um, just to give a presence to those women as well. And I really love it because we, because Miranda had these highlighted figures um, of African-American women, we were able to take their images and blow them up the same way we would do with white women. And when you first walk into the exhibit, that's one of the first stories you see is the story of Hannah Watkins. She's an African-American. She was a former slave, I believe. And she is the first story you see, which is, which is a different lens than what most other suffrage uh, shows show. Like when you think of suffrage, you think of white women in white dresses and sashes. That's all you think. So having- Primarily a because of the parade, I think. Yes, yes. And so having a former slave black woman being the front, the face that you first see when you walk in of a suffrage movement, it's kind of jarring, but in a good way, it's like we're giving you a new perspective and things you, stories you've never heard before. And that was the whole point because suffrage has been around for a hundred years now. We have a lot of stories, but Tennessee has unique stories in itself to tell. Oh, great stories to tell. And that is very different to see a, the face of a black woman um, representing the suffragist movement. So Miranda, how did you find the information on Hannah Watkins? Well, um, it was really exciting to discover. Um, so I first learned about uh, her story and doing some research at, on the Library of Congress's website. I was looking for images uh, for Tennessee and I had done this really broad search and um, I was looking through literally thousands of images right trying to find some that would be really appropriate and um, that's when uh, hers first came up and she has a marvelous story and um, it, it was so uh, much a privilege to get to learn more about the stories of individual women um, in, in Tennessee. And uh, one experience I've had from doing the research from this exhibit is basically there's so much more to learn. And we really hope that our visitors will be encouraged to go out and look for their own suffrage stories and to look in those um, primary sources and newspapers to really try to find more women's voices because the exhibit is it's just the beginning right there's so much more out there to learn okay and the exhibit will is available through next july or august july 21 2021 or 
um, when does it, how long will it be available to the public? Um, currently the closing date is through um, March, 2021. Through March, 2021. And um, the museum is open to the public now. Um, and we're in the pandemic, so I know uh, wear your mask uh, when you come to the museum. But uh, I also wanted to ask, is there anything else, uh, Daria, you'd like to add uh, that we haven't touched on? Um, no, I, uh, I think I was incorrect. Is her name Hannah Richards or Walken? Is it Walken? Richards. Richards. Okay, her name was Hannah Richards. I apologize for that. Um, we also highlight Hannah Watkins in yeah. the exhibit. Um, she was a formerly enslaved woman. Her husband fought as a Union soldier in the Civil War. And after his death, uh, she received a pension from the federal government. So we also, it's, it's a little confusing because yeah. there are two Hannahs. They're both Hannahs. <laughs> and I think they're both in the beginning of the exhibit. So I got them confused. Oh, Okay. But they're both, yeah, both African-American women whose stories are highlighted in the exhibit. So it's great. Okay. So there's, sounds like there's much to learn and it sounds like you were able to include um, African-American women. So it is an American story, yeah. not just an African-American, not just a white woman's story, but an American story, an important part of our history as women. Uh, and gaining the right to vote and what happened afterward because black women did not gain that right in 1920. Uh, you know, they the black women helped them with the organizational skills and to get it done, but they did not receive the vote. So is that part of the exhibit story as well? Um, yes, we look at the many challenges faced by African-American women. Um, in the last area of the exhibit, we highlight the work of Viola McFerrin. She was an activist in West Tennessee, and she was involved in the voter right protests in Fayette County and in helping with Tent City and also school desegregation in West Tennessee. So she is one of our highlighted individuals. Oh, great. Okay. So this sounds like it's a very complete story that it is important for all of us to see. Uh, so again, this is uh, an exhibit, Ratified Tennessee Women and the Right to Vote. That's at the Tennessee State Museum on Rosa Parks Boulevard. Uh, and it is there through March, 2021. I want to thank you, Daria Smith. Thank you, Miranda Fraley Rhodes, uh, for being with us today and telling us more about the story of women and getting the right to vote in Tennessee and the important role that they played in encouraging the men uh, to vote uh, to ratify the 19th Amendment. And I want to thank you for joining us today on Crucial Conversations. Our producer today is Kanisha Roan, who is the president of the Nashville chapter of uh, the National Association of Black Journalists. And we'll see you the next time. Thank you.